Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. As Christine said, just enormous news from the world of pro football. Not in the least bit of surprise based upon the reporting over the weekend, but still, it hits. It hits you when you say it out loud. Tom Brady is retiring after 22 years in the NFL. He announces that today in a lengthy Instagram post, and uh, we are seeking reaction from any number of people who will be interesting to hear from, and we have the first of them ready to go. Well, you had a question. What was the question you asked me? The trivia question? What was the thing? No, what was it? Yeah, what was it? Yeah, I said, now that Tom Brady is retiring, who is now the oldest quarterback in the NFL? I mean, is it Rodgers? Rodgers is the second oldest quarterback in the NFL. Stand by. Scott Pioli, do you know? Scott Pioli is my guest here. You know him from NFL Network. Um, he really first came to prominence working with Belichick in New England for all those years, won a bunch of Super Bowls, and actually drafted Tom Brady, which is the primary reason that we have him on the program. But Scott, you got to guess at this. Who's now the oldest quarterback in the NFL? There's one guy older than Rodgers. Oh my gosh. Uh, no, my, my head isn't even there right now. I'm looking at the young guys. I'm down at the senior bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Hey, oh, ne- next man up. I don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? Ryan Fitzpatrick is now oh, the oldest quarterback yeah, in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the league. He, he's hanging out in the stands with people. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Hey, Scott, thank you for jumping in here. I know that you're busy with a bunch of other stuff, but let, let's go all the way back here. All right. And, 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 one of the many things for which you will always be remembered is that with the 199th pick in the 2000 draft in the sixth round, you and Bill chose Tom Brady, a little known quarterback out of Michigan. T- take me back to that. What what can you tell us about that decision and and obviously all the things that came after? Yeah, we you know, going back to that, I don't want to overstate this because, it, you know, it, it, we were we were a team. We had 41, only 41 players under contract and we were $10.5 million over the cap. So we went into that draft. We were trying to rebuild this roster, and the one place where we had a bunch of players were, you know, we had three quarterbacks on the roster. And we needed to draft not just best player, but for need, because our need was dire. We couldn't even line up and play a game. And as the draft went on, um, you know, we started talking about Brady's name came up with groups of other people probably in and around the fourth round-ish, I want to say. But again, you, you're like, okay, well, well, we can't line up tomorrow because we don't have uh, you know, a fullback or whatever. And so, but the, the process behind before that was Brady was a guy, as you're doing your work, you start identifying players that you want to get to know a little bit more about. We were in a, a more deep dive mode. We were sending more coaches out for workouts. And that year, you know, I, I was – Part of what I had to do was send coaches out to go see, to go see players. And Dick Rabine, who was our quarterbacks coach, as we have just started there, he was one of the four quarterbacks I sent him out to go see. And Brady, he came back and not only was encouraged by some of the developmental skills that he had, but the makeup. And he understood and he reported back and we did more work on him. And we ended up picking him in, in the sixth round. I remember leading up to that pick, though, we talked about him in the fourth round. We talked about him in the fifth round. We had multiple picks in a couple of these rounds. And even in the sixth round, we drafted someone else in the sixth round before Brady. And there was a point in time we kept on talking about his name. And I think it was Bucko Kilroy or Ernie Adams, someone in the draft room. Because it, it was only a – I think we only had like six people in the draft room turn around and said, hey, we should check and see if this guy's still alive. Because – we thought 
so much more highly of him than where we were picking him. Mm-hmm. He was sitting alone on this space on the board, and it was like, okay. So we p- finally pulled the name, and, and the development process began, and the rest is history. Yep, 12 picks ahead of him. You took Antoine Harris, a uh, defensive yeah. back. who was who special was... teams corner out of Virginia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was the 187th pick, and then with the 199th pick in that same round, you took Tom Brady, and obviously that turned out pretty well, Greeny and, and Scott Pioli. And then, so how, how would you describe... So you were there for the first run. I mean, Brady has had like three separate Hall of Fame times. He, he had that early run where you guys won yeah. three out of four. And then there was a little bit of a lull. He continued to be great, but they didn't win championships. And then he won a bunch of them later in his career in New England. And then, of course, he has um, the great little two-year run there in Tampa at the end. H- how, would, how would you put into words the impact he had his team first um, willingness to be team first on a lot of things. That kind of, how would you put into words the way that impacted your ability to build what was a three-time champion? Well, agree. Here's the thing. this is a great question because I can tell you a story that'll sum it up. And as we started winning, um, he, obviously because of his rookie contract, he was getting paid minimum um, minimum salary. And after the first Super Bowl, we started talking about, okay, do we give him an extension? And we talked about giving him more money. We did a second extension. And when it came time to do the contract, um, we were talking with, I was negotiating with his agent, Don Yee, and we were at this place and we, we, we were at loggerheads and Brady at the time, I think, Peyton Manning had just signed a deal that I, I want to say was paying him like $14 million a year. Drew Brees had just done one that was like 13 a year. Those are rough numbers, but in and around those, those mm-hmm. numbers, uh, I'm just doing this off the top of my head. And we were at this place. We were trying to keep a good team together. We had some really good players on defense and special teams, and, and we knew how good he was, but we also knew that in order to win, we had to have some other parts and pieces around him. And we're in the middle of this negotiation. We're at a standstill. And one morning, Brady comes up to my office. And, you know, you're not allowed to or supposed to be negotiating directly with players. Not just you're not allowed to, but also from a a respect standpoint, it's not something you want to do. Mm -hmm. But he comes into my office and he, he, you know, he knocks on the door, comes in, he goes, hey, can we talk? I'm like, sure. And, you know, I'm not thinking we're going to talk contract. And he closes the door and he sits down and looks at me and goes, he says, talk to me, babe. Where are we at with this thing? This is driving me crazy. He said, I don't want to be thinking about this. I'm like, Tommy, I know Don's telling you the truth. This is where we're at. He goes, no, you tell me where you guys are at. I said, well, Tommy, we can't be having this conversation, but we're also, we don't just work together. We're personal friends, and, and, and I love and respect him as a friend. And I tell him where we're at, and he says, where do you think this thing is going to end? And I know he's not negotiating. He's not being dumb like a fox. Mm-hmm. And he, he's trusting the relationship. And I said, Tommy, you know, we're, we're at, you know, where we're going to be. And I just hope it gets done. And we were going to be stopping. And the number was about $10 million a year, which is, again, far below um, the others. But but we knew all the other business we had to do. And he looks away, and, he, and, he, and I think we were at like 9-3 we were offering him, and Don was at 12 or 11-5 or whatever. And he looks at me, and he says, what do you think your guy's max is going to be? And I said, Tommy, I don't think we're going past 10. 
And I said, I don't even know if, if, if we could get there. And he looks away, like into space, looks back at me, and he leans forward and he goes, babe, can you believe we're even having this discussion? Mm. He says, $10 million a year goes $60 million. He said, if I can't take care of myself and my family and my sisters and my parents and all those people that I love for $10 million a year, he goes, I've got much bigger problems. He says, because there's something really, really wrong. He said, can we just get this done? He goes, get Don on the phone. I said, Tommy, we can't do this. He goes, get, the, get him on the phone. I said, Tommy, we can't do this. And he grabs my phone, my, my, my desk phone, and he's like, we're dialing it. And we called Don, and, and, and Don is furious. And I'm like, and I'm trying to say, Don, we're not having this conversation. Anyway, the bottom line is this. He got the deal done because he wanted the deal done. And Don was doing his best as an agent and, and had done the right thing and was doing the right thing. But Tom was just like, I don't care. I just want to play ball. Anyway, it's a long-winded story. I apologize. No, I love but it. His thing was this. He says, you, if, if we agree that this is going to get done, he says, I just need a promise from you, Bill, and the crafts that you're going to take that extra money and put it into other players. And we did. And we did. I love it. And that's, that is such a, I'd never heard that before. That is an awesome story. And it perfectly illustrates the role he played, not just as a great quarterback, but as one who was willing to do that. And, and again, for all those who will say, oh, it's easy for him to do. He didn't have all the money in the world then. He wasn't married no, to Giselle Bunch. He wasn't married exactly. to Giselle Bunch then. Right. Exactly, Green. And, and, and all he wanted to do was win. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that's what matters. Great story. I got to let you go. Scott, thanks a million. It's great to talk to you. Uh, The best to you and the family, and I'll see you soon. Thank you. I hope so. Take care. Yeah, you too. That's Scott Pioli again now, an NFL Network analyst, does a really good job. I love that story. Uh, Brady goes in there, let's get this deal done. I Actually, I pulled up his contract. That would have been in 2000. Uh, five, and he signed an, his average annual salary wound up being $10,700. I'm assuming that's the year that he's talking about. It was during that. It, it, that sounds like it would be the right time. So look, by normal human standards, that's an insane amount of money. I fully understand that. But I also understand the, the mentality that, you know, my peers are, are getting paid X and I'm delivering Y. I shouldn't be getting paid less than X. And Tom Brady, for whatever reason, didn't have that. And that contributed in a big way to his being where he is as he retires today. Hey, tune into the ESPN Daily Podcast, bringing you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters. It's presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily, available wherever you enjoy your podcast. All right, coming up, there's a real football question to be asked coming off of this news today. And I will ask it, and we will answer it next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. 
But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. We got a good feeling as we continue here with you on ESPN Radio. We're live above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. My name's Greeny. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. The assembled members of the hashtag crew are here, Hembo, Bubba, and Nuno. I'm not at all surprised that they're really upset in Boston and across New England. So they just played me during a break. I'm not going to play it, but the hosts on 98.5, the Sports Hub in Boston, are enraged at Brady not acknowledging them. And frankly, I agree. My, my biggest reaction to Brady just, and if you're just joining me here, uh, Brady has announced his retirement after 22 years, not a surprise. Um, still somewhat, you know, the finality of it is, it's meaningful, but whatever. And he, he posted a long um, series of thank yous on Instagram in which he mentions, among others, his family, his kids, his parents, his wife, all that, the stuff you'd expect. Don Yee, who's been his agent forever, Alex Guerrero, his trainer who built TB12, all those you'd expect. Then he thinks at great length, and with great specificity, the Glazer family, which owns the Bucks, Bruce Arians and the coaching staff in Tampa, and maybe all his Tampa Bay teammates, and then maybe worst of all, the fans of Tampa St. Pete, who supported him so strongly these last two years, and no mention of Belichick, of any of his teammates in New England, of Kraft, or of the fans, I got to be honest with you, that's a mistake by him. Even if he wanted to make this statement, this is, whatever that says, it's the wrong time to do it. It makes him look bad. Look, I have great admiration for Tom. All that doesn't change that, but that makes him look bad. Makes him look small. Whatever hard feelings it is he harbors about that, it ain't the fans' fault. It's not Kraft's fault. Unless there's stuff that... that he has built up, at least in his own mind, or things that happened of which we know absolutely nothing, and I find that hard to imagine. I do think this makes him look bad. Do you agree with that? I do. I, I think no issue with him not singling out Belichick or even Kraft, even though if it were me, I probably would. But, I mean, Tom Brady's career, I mean, the, 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 the NFL and all of its successes is built upon the backs of fans. And, and for 20 years, those, I know lots of Patriots fans like you do. They adore that guy. Anything for that guy. So it's... At minimum, you could have you could have mentioned. I mean, that, this is this is your consumer. This is this is this is Tom Brady became Tom Brady in part because of all these people that loved and supported him, and he knows that. Oh my God, he's so rich because of them. Just he, talk to Ben Affleck and Matt oh, sure. Damon and Mark Wahlberg you and all it. these you guys. Gotta say, you, have to, you have to say something towards Patriots fan. Leaving Belichick and Kraft aside, you got to say something. So two of my closest friends are huge fans of his. One of them, my brother-in-law, who I've told you about, mm. is from Boston. And he writes, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. He texts me. He's leaving Tampa in a hole, including a cap hit. Let's discuss in five years when he enters the Hall of Fame. If he doesn't talk about the Patriots there, that would be difficult to swallow. I mean, it's impossible to fathom, (laughs) but this is hard to fathom. Mm -hmm. And then my other buddy, Timmy, who is a fraud because he just loves Brady. And he's not a fan of those teams at all. He writes, I love the guy, but this feels bitter. Just saying. He had as much space as he wanted. Could have had three full tweets for Tampa and a closing short thank you to New England fans and organization for all the years and championships. He chose not to do that. I agree with that. I agree with it wholeheartedly. So I'm, I am, I'm surprised. 
Nuno, are you are you what is your reaction to Brady completely leaving New England out of it today? The more and more I think about it, it's just it has be I'm starting to believe it. It's extremely questionable. And he's he he rarely if ever has any missteps, right? So like I don't want to hear, oh, I'm sorry, you know, I've already said thank you to you. Like, I do believe this is an, an, a screw you to, like, the organization or Belichick. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, it's not a good look, dude. Like, and, and that's why I wonder about, like, someone like Brady, and we can have this talk later. Like, when he leaves, like, I know he has all this stuff going on, but he needs those fans. Like, he need especially those Boston fans, too, to buy into all the stuff he's going to be trying to sell them, right? And, like... And he's just completely annoyed, <laughs> annoyed all of them. I, I'm, I'm taken aback. Let, let me throw this out at you. So Pete McConville, who you know is VP here, oversees a bunch of shows, including Get Up, which is why I work with him every day. He just sent me a text. He's listening. He wrote, don't you think Brady is going to sign with the Pats for a day and retire as a Patriot? Could he be holding that in abeyance? See, the, I, I, the thing that doesn't make sense to me about that part of it is that Today, he did thank everybody else. Like, this wasn't just a thank you to Tampa. This was the wife. It was the kids. It was the Don Yee. It was the Alex Guerrero. It was everybody else in addition. So so if he had just said today, thank you to Tampa, to my teammates, to the coaches and the fans, that would feel as though it wasn't a complete list. It wasn't a complete statement upon his retirement, and there was more to come. But the, it, it feels very complete to me. Like, if you read his whole Instagram uh, post. I mean, it's, it's it's like seven pages. It feels like a, a comprehensive list of all the people he felt he wanted to mention today, which makes it jarring. Again, if he doesn't want to mention Belichick, I even think that is terrible. I mean, small, small. You don't have to love the guy to acknowledge what he did for you. I mean, he's, he's not mentioning his teammates, Teddy Bruschi, Rob Mentovich, all these guys that we work with, we talk about him all the time. Like, and who he loves and they love him, the fans? You don't think the fans of New England? <laughs> and then Kraft. Again, Kraft refers to him as a son. So I'm taking it back. Bubba, your reaction to this? I, I, I'm just yeah, I'm just struggling to, to wrap my head around it, too. I mean, because uh, I mean, everything Brady does is calculated. So I'm just trying to think of what, he's, what the end game is here. Because like we're saying, there's no way he – just forgot, right? You know, like he clearly did this on purpose. And like you just mentioned, the teammates, we literally just had Bruce on yesterday. And the, the one word he described him as a teammate was brother. Right. And and now he's leaving him out. And to to Pete's text, is there something? There's got to be something coming. I, I just can't imagine he's just leaving them out out of spite. Because even like you said, even if it was he's mad at someone he can't be angry at the fans, and he loves. It's. I just feel like something's coming somewhere, whether it is the one day thing or it's another post somewhere. But on the other hand, this post was so long. Mm-hmm. He think it's. I don't know. It's. I just can't get my head around it because it's very strange. And you just keep going back to literally everything he's ever done is calculated. He knows exactly what he's doing, and for him to do this, it's not like he just out of nowhere just wrote this. So it's. I. It's very strange. I just have to assume. Something for New England is coming. I just don't know when and where it could be coming. But Someone even if that, up. but even real quick, even if that's yeah. the case, don't you put some sort of mention there, like to Pat's Nation, you know, thank you, and we'll celebrate soon. For sure, something of that nature. You would, just, yeah, I mean, you, just to let make, them know that, that they exist in your life. Nuno and or Hembo, go go find me how Brett Favre retired. 
And what did he say about Green Bay and the fans that day? Like, I, I'm, I'm just trying to think of other all-time greats who would be in that general position. Like, I actually Googled Namath because that's the first one that came to me. And it was such a different world then. When Namath retired after one year as a Ram, he just said so on the phone to a columnist in New York named Dave <laughs> Anderson. And that's how he announced his retirement. I'm not going to be playing anymore next year. And they talked about his plans for the future. Uh, the, the, the world it was wasn't a very, trending on social media. Right. Then? It was a very different world. Yeah. Twitter was quiet in 1974. Um, so, so, so I'm trying to think of the recent ones where this would have applied. Favre is the first one that jumps to mind. But in any sport, guys who finished as Favre left New England more, excuse me, left Green Bay more um, angrily or whatever it is, you know, with the organization than Brady did, or at least as angrily. Um, He was forced out, which I don't think Brady was. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. So Robert Kraft has released a statement. The New England Patriots media department, whatever you call it, their social media department, has posted a very nice tribute to Brady. So the Patriots in every way are acknowledging his retirement and Brady has not acknowledged them. So I just on Twitter went in and I just typed in in the search, Brady Patriots. It's not a pretty place. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to go there. A cesspool, huh? The Patriot fans, listen, I know firsthand what the Patriot fans can be like. Have I ever told you the story of my day in, in, uh, what have this been, Gillette yet? Yeah, I think it would have been Gillette Stadium already. Hmm. What year did the Jets play a playoff game there in the fir- in a, a, a wild card game with Chad? Not not in, not with Rex yet. This was earlier than that. It was Mangini's first year, whatever year that was. Oh six. Oh six. So we, I drive up there. The Jets are playing a playoff game there, January, whatever it was, an early game on a Sunday, and I drive up there with my friend, uh, and and we're going to the Jet game, and I'm down on the sideline, maybe in half an hour before the game. And I was planning, the Jets had gotten me a pass that I could, you know, watch the game from there. And I was planning on watching the game from there. And they were throwing things at me. (laughs) Patriot fans recognized me. And this was pretty early. Like Mike and Mike wasn't, I was surprised so many of them knew who I was. And, you know, for whatever reason, they were, first they're yelling at me, which was kind of fun. And much of it was good natured, some of it not so much. (laughs) Uh, and then they start throwing things at me, and I was like, I got to get the hell out of here. <laughs> you were catching debris. Yes. Patriots throwing thing. things at me. 
and and the Jets put me upstairs in a suite because I wasn't safe. So, like, that can be an ugly play. And let me tell you, right now they're throwing things at Tom Brady on Twitter. Oh, for sure. I can assure you of that. Um, this is not a pretty place. And I, it just feels like a miss to me. Like, do I think this is the, the most egregious thing that's ever happened of all time? No, obviously not. Does it diminish anything from him? Of course not. And is there some other explanation? That's the one thing I keep coming back to. Is he going to, in a totally separate way, tomorrow sign a one-day contract with the Patriots? I don't know. There are some people in there that are pointing out that basically Man in the Arena has been a 10-episode love letter to the Patriots and his time there and, and Belichick. And all that is fine, but it doesn't change the fact that today he issues a comprehensive list of thank yous. It's impossible to miss. Like, literally, I, maybe it's just the way my mind works. The first thought I had when I read it was, well, wait a minute, what about the Patriots? What about Kraft? What about all of that? I mean, it, read me the last line of Kraft's oh, statement stand, today. Stand by. It, was, it was very it, loving. It, paraphrase it to me. You don't have to read it verbatim. What, didn't he say something like he's a member of my family? I, I, I consider Tom an extension of my immediate family. That, that's effectively what Robert Kraft said at the end of his statement. And Brady doesn't even mention him in his retirement? It's, it's strange to me. And I did went back, go back and look, Greeny. At when, when he signed with Tampa, he did give a, it was a shorter letter to Patriots fans at the time on Instagram. It was a much shorter letter than we saw today with the Bucks, and it did not include Belichick or Kraft in that one either, for whatever it's worth. He didn't specifically mention them. Either Belichick nor Kraft. And there might have been some hard feelings in that moment that were kind of raw, this just feels to me like a day to put all that aside. Like you're announcing your retirement after 22 years as the greatest player of all time. Look, it's not for me to say. I, I don't know Tom well at all. I don't want to misrepresent my relationship with him. I've been around him a little. I like him. He's a fat. If you're around him, he's a fascinating person to see. The way he operates, he's one of those guys whose eyes are always really open. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that is it's telling of him. Like he's Focused. That is a person who has trained his mind to be focused in any moment. He used to live, he and Giselle lived very near where I live in the city, and they've subsequently moved. But I saw him in the street once, and he was being like approached by this family, and they were like, oh, can we please take a picture? Can we please do an autograph or whatever it is? And I'm across the street, and Stace, Stace says, oh, can we go say hi? She loves him. Stace loves him. And I said, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to run over to Tom Brady in the street and bother him. So we didn't. She's still mad about that, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) But what I did notice, I observed, was how focused he was on these people. Like, this is, how how many times a day must that happen to him? He's Tom Brady. Everywhere he goes, if he is in public and not surrounded by security, people are asking him for pictures and whatever. And he was conversing with, he was talking to these people. Like, carrying on, I don't mean to suggest it was like a 20-minute conversation, but it was at minimum a 20-second conversation in which he contributed. Like, mm-hmm. I was across the street, but I could sort of hear, like, he was, where are you from? Like, where are you here? You're visiting? They're like, oh, we're visiting New York. Where are you here from? Whatever. And he's, he's that kind of guy. We all know people like that. And he's that kind of person. So th- th- I don't that's not really related to this part of the story at all, but I'm just sort of thinking through my read on this, it just surprises me. This feels like a miss. It feels like it feels like an opening himself up to a criticism that is totally unnecessary. Like, who needs this the day that you retire? 
And the fans are mad, and I don't blame them. There, there's no way that a person that you just described as so hyper-aware and intelligent wouldn't have thought one step ahead after releasing this statement this morning. If he does indeed have something planned for the Patriots, he should do it soon. He should do it immediately because he had to know by releasing a statement this long that excluded the Patriots fans, his former coach, and his former owner, that people would totally freak out about it. He had to have known that. I just went to Bill. I thought, let's see Bill Simmons, what he said about it. On Instagram, excuse me, on Twitter, he posts the Instagram and he just writes, Brady retires with a nine-part Instagram post that never mentions the Patriots, Belichick, or the Crafts, and then in, in all caps, interesting. It's weird. Yeah, he, does, he doesn't, he doesn't it's weird. go at him or anything. Um, but he does mention it one way or the other. It's impossible not to mention. Okay, let's do a couple of other things. Here's my question. And, and Bubba, I'm going to start with you as the Cowboys fan. Brady out of Tampa, now officially retired. Rodgers out of Green Bay. It's a matter of when, not if. He's leaving. Who's the team to beat in the NFC next year? Bubba. Well... Give me an honest moment. None of this star, none of this, I'm wearing the jersey. The Rams are in the Super Bowl. The 49ers might go try and find themselves a quarterback. Right. Some surprising teams like the Eagles have a ton of draft capital. I see what they do. Uh, Who else is even, who else are we even talking about in this discussion? I mean, Dallas, obviously. Who else are we even putting in this conversation? There's only Minnesota. There's only four good, three or four good teams in the NFC if you remove Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers from the conference. That's what I mean. mean. Yeah, to me, I think it's the Rams and then whatever NFC team Aaron Rodgers goes to. He's not going to an NFC team. Here's what I'm telling you. I'm I'm telling you that this is. You're thinking it's it's slightly more than a prediction. Broncos? They're not going to trade him in the NFC. The mm. point is, he's not a free agent. They That's don't. That's true. Yeah, he can't just he can't unilaterally decide where he goes. I think if he could unilaterally decide where he went, he would go to San Francisco. Mm. But I don't think they'll trade him there because he'll be kicking their butts for the next you know however many years. And they traded right. two first round picks for Trey Lance last year. I don't think that would stop them. <laughs> I don't think that would stop them from getting Aaron Rodgers. I don't think the Packers are going to trade them. Right, well, right, of course. Th- that, that's the reason he won't wind up there. I guess the Cardinals. you got to throw the Cardinals in there too, right? Cardinals are young and improving. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, who, what I'm trying to get at here is I think it's Dallas, Bubba, is what I'm telling you. I, I, I think well, it's the Cowboys. I mean, with if Mike McCarthy's still there, I just, I mean. I, He's going to be there. Yeah, so, I mean, they'll, they're a, a threat, but I can't imagine. They're not a threat <laughs> to win a Super Bowl as far as I'm concerned. But, no, no. Who's the team to beat in the, it was the best team in the NFC with Brady and Rodgers gone? I think it's the the Cowboys. They have the best quarterback in the NFC at that point, right? I think Dak is on par, if not better, than Matt, guys like Matthew Stafford. And then um, you don't know a lot about these younger guys, and I think it is the Cowboys. What do you think? How about? I, I think it's likely to be one of the teams at West Hill. The Rams are going to bring back most everybody, not Odell, but most everybody else. And if Kyle Shanahan can find a reasonably good quarterback – well, it might got, be Trey Lance. He's got the guy. He's, it, it, can Trey, he make him good or not? If Trey Lance is good, they will be my pick to Why go Why do we keep Super saying, that, oh, if he can find a decent guy? Like, he, his record is what it is based upon the fact that it's Jimmy G that he's that bad. Um, you know, so maybe he is, can't do anything good with a really good quarterback. Well, that's he why took he can't a good use, quarterback. That's why he can't use Trey Lance. Let, let's, 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 let's be fair. As an offensive coordinator, he had a good quarterback in Matt Ryan, and he made him the MVP of the league. So he could do that. And Matt Ryan is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. Matt Ryan at his worst was better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. But he's not, he's not Patrick Mahomes. And with Shanahan, like I, I agree with that one. 
But I think that's what we're talking about. We're talking about, well, what does San Francisco do? And we're talking about what is could Minnesota, if they get Harbaugh and a good draft pick or two on the defense, like could the Vikings be a surprise team? Could I don't even know who else to put in the discussion. <laughs> By the way, I, I found really fun um, odds here at, at Bet Online. Who do you think is the odd? Who, who do you think is the favorite to be the Bucks Week One quarterback next season? Well, I mean, I'm assuming by the way you're saying that, that it's not Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask is fourth on this list with six to one odds. This is some offshore book. We, we can't do there this, obviously. There were three people mm-hmm. on, on the, who have shorter odds than Jameis that. Winston. That's right. Jameis Winston no is way. not correct. Oh, okay, yeah, on. that would be insane. <laughs> that would be something else. Bring him back. Have some fun. Is Aaron Rodgers one of them? Aaron Rodgers is, is right after Trask. He th- has 13 to two odds. There are three quarterbacks likelier, according to Vegas, to be the Bucks' week one quarterback next season. All right, it's a good question. Is Russell Wilson one of them? Russell Wilson is not one of them. Who am I not thinking of, guys? Who 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 could we have in this? Who else might be somewhere? There's a real level of irony here. Jimmy G. Jimmy G. is the favorite to be the Bucks' Week One quarterback next season with four to one odds to do. Really? So. <laughs> Oi. Uh, <laughs> who who are the other two? Carson Wentz and Teddy Bridgewater. That's who. That's okay. who. I would never. I, I should have thought of Bridgewater. I guess. I think Bridgewater. Well. Carson Wentz? Mm-hmm. They're trading him, man. India is trading Carson Wentz. Tent- for what? For, for, for a basket of apples. I mean, they're, they're, he will not be the, the Colts starting quarterback next season. Of that, I am confident. Will he be a starting quarterback yeah, next season? He's in the Week top. one, 2022, Carson Wentz is an NFL starter. Yes, I could see Tampa. I also think Pittsburgh's a decent landing spot for him, too. Boy, I find that tough to picture. They would eat him alive in that town. <laughs> they would eat him alive in that town. The Steeler fans are extraordinary. Like mm-hmm. that, that is a good, that's a passionate fan base. And they're coming off of all these years of Big Ben. I have a tough time seeing that. I'm one. not sure Wentz is much worse than what we just saw from Big Ben, though. Yes, he is. And he also didn't build up all of that equity. That is true. Big Ben won them two Super Bowls <laughs> and got them to another. Uh, okay, I wanted to do one more thing today. So we've, we've done an hour and 49 minutes of Tom Brady. And for for which I apologize for not one second. Obviously, he is well-deserving of this. But if you listen to our show regularly, you know that we are fans here of Chris Mad Dog Rousseau, who uh, was, for anyone who doesn't know who he is, he was a legendary talk show host in New York City. He and and Mike Francesa had a show called Mike and the Mad Dog, which sort of started this whole two-man sports talk thing, uh, from which I have uh, benefited greatly. So I always say to those, I actually have never met Mike Francesa, but I would say it to him if I could. And I've said to Chris many times, thank you for my career. (laughs) Thank you. You know, thank you for the life my kids lead. So, So I'm a fan of his, and you love him because he's a baseball guy. That's my boy. And one of the things that, and he now hosts a a show every day. He has his own channel on Sirius XM. High Heat. Everyone around the country knows. And then High Heat is his show on MLB Network. Mm -hmm. So, so Chris is funny, and he loves sports history, which is one of the things I like about him. He, 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 talks, he, he will talk about, well, in the 62 World Series, this happened and that happened, and I happen to like that kind of stuff. But anyway, <laughs> for reasons not only to him, he seemed very upset that there were all these celebrities at the Rams game on Sunday, and that he was put off by this, and... He mentioned some of them, including one of them by name. And I will say that person's name. It's Leonardo DiCaprio. I assume most people know that. He's very famous. But keep that in mind as you hear this. 
And, and this was Chris Russo on his show, Mad Dog Unleashed, being upset that these celebrities were there because they're not legit longtime fans of the Rams. They're not in Racine, Wisconsin. I mean, it is Los Angeles. My God. And then the fans they do bring into the joint, you know, let it, uh, but you think DiCaprio's a football fan? At least Mark Wahlberg with his Patriot love, at least he's from New England. You know, at least, they, you know, he left the Super Bowl, which is one of the biggest disgraces in the history of sports at 28-3. We've screamed about that forever. But, I mean, think about it. I mean, Leonard Di- I've never seen Leonard DiCaprio at a sporting event all my life. And now he's at the Ram game yesterday sitting in a suite. No less. All right, come on. <laughs> it's Leonard He's upset uh, that Leonard DiCaprio is the other one. The one that, hey, here's a yes, little more. Yes. Here's a little more. And Leonard DiCaprio at a football game. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Leonard DiCaprio. <laughs> Leonard DiCaprio. Really? Good actor. Not bad. Another guy. He wouldn't know Norm Van Brocklin. Oh, my God. What a disgrace. <laughs> he, went, he went to Norm Van Brocklin. <laughs> good actor. Good actor. Let the, good actor. Not bad. You know, he's, he's no George Raft. He's, he's no Clark Gable. Leonard DiCaprio. Leonard DiCaprio. He said it like five times. So it's not a misspeak. No, it was not. He thinks that his first name is Leonard. <laughs> but then, that's funny. But the funniest part to me is that when he's trying to think of a legendary Ram <laughs> a fan should know, he goes to Norm Van Brocklin. Norm Van Brocklin is someone I read about in books. I'm 54. Norm Van Brocklin was born in 1926. He, he, he was way before my time. Forget about Leonard DiCaprio's time. I mean, there are legendary Rams we could have mentioned to a slightly more recent vintage. I mean, yeah, Eric Dickerson, maybe just do that. Eric Dickerson, Jack Youngblood. Oh. I mean, there are there are any number of Rams. Why is he so mad that Leonardo DiCaprio went to a football That's game? That's Leonard to you, Bubba. That's Leonard DiCaprio. Pretty good actor. Not bad. <laughs> we should have saved more time for that. See you tomorrow. Tom Brady, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.